Welcome to the Stuttering Mind podcast. I'm Rama Siva, author and speech coach, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on stuttering and stammering. You can find the episode show notes, your free seven-step guide to expressing yourself and lots more information at stutteringmind.com. Let's get started. This is episode number 15. In today's episode, we have Sean Azimi. This is part two of a two-part podcast. Please carry on with the amazing uh, life story of Sean Azimi. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I I, I wish I could say that I went on and I made millions. (laughs) And I did everything. And I got the boats and the houses. But I actually did this whole thing. I really didn't do it. I tried it for uh, a good year and a half, right? And now we're talking about 2009, 2009 and a half, if you would. And um, so actually was it, go ahead. Was was this your full-time job? No, I was doing other stuff at this time. I was doing some loans at home. I was, I was trying to just do whatever I can to save the house and save everything else. Um, so no, it wasn't my full time. No. Okay. So, so because I have mortgage experience and you know, my mind all is all about the numbers and profit and this and that after about a year and a half, I said, okay, you know what? I get to take a look, like, see what I've made in this thing. You know, like, um, I really can't afford to buy this products every month and like not make a dollar. So I I calculated, I had, yeah. Let me guess, four thousand dollars. Three hundred twenty bucks. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> For the whole year and a half. <laughs> I didn't make I didn't make it even to five hundred. I sucked. I sucked big times. Um, so I left. I left the whole industry. I left uh, two thousand nine. I left the whole industry. Uh, I said, oh, man, they told me this doesn't work. They told me this is, you know, a scam. I don't want to do it. So I left. I completely left. And I started going back to the, the corporate world, right? I, um, so should I continue with this path? You want to kind of know Please the rest? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, I think so. so. So I, I went on and I got this uh, job at a, um, a uh, website company that they do like websites, SEO, Google advertising, things of that sort, something I had never done. Right. And they told me it was a brand new office. The company has been around for a hundred years, but they've never really tapped into like the SEO and website development and all that stuff. Um, but um, so, yeah, I got the job there and they told me um, because I, I told them, I said, I don't want to be a sales agent. You know, this, this is not what I'm here for. Um, if you have a management position or something like that, that's what I really want. And then they, they said to me, you know what, this is our first office in Irvine, in OC, in California, if you would. And we're looking to expand one more office in one year. So if you do which, you know, you do well, then, you know, we'll give you an office. I said, okay. So um, within four months, I was the number one salesperson within the whole company and I had no experience. There were 85 agents throughout the whole company. Some of them were in the advertising business for like 15, 20 years. Um, But I did really well. So I did really well. And then after about eight months, no, nine months, nine months after my higher date, they, they pulled us all in the room and they said, we're closing this office. It's too expensive. Everybody's laid off. And I'm like, oh my God, this can't be happening. And they pulled me in the room. They said, since we promise you, I mean, you've obviously, we don't want to lose you. Um, you can, we have an office in Utah. We have an office in South Carolina. Um, we like to give you one of those offices if you like to move. 
I said, are you kidding me? I'm not going to Utah, South Carolina. No way. No, I'll just uh, thank you very much. You know, I'll take my severance pay and I'm out of here. So back to square one again, right? And, um, you know, I started, um, a, a friend of mine calls me again. This is just within like a, maybe a month after, two two weeks after, calls me and says, hey, and this is a person that I knew from the home loan center days like way back in the mortgage days like in the beginning and he said you know what um dude i've called you for so many times and i need you in my office i have 99 employees i want you to be the number 100 i said uh man i don't want to do mortgages again i i told myself i'd never do it he goes well do you have another choice i said uh, yeah i guess not you know so I went over there. I went over there and I only worked there for about five months, maybe six months. I just didn't feel something was, I just felt something was wrong. Like nothing was right. You know, like I couldn't put my finger on it. I just didn't like some of the stuff that was being done. Um, as aggressive as I am, or I used to be in sales, I never really harmed a customer. I never did them wrong. I never surprised them with the fees. I never did any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So like all, all the customers I've had, all these people through the, you know, the, the stock crash and all that stuff. I've only had three people who've called me and they said they lost their homes. Like, and they, two of them admitted that they should have paid attention to what I told them. Um, so I, I never really did anybody wrong. So at this office, I felt like, I don't know, I felt like, I don't know if you ever had that feeling, but you can't put your finger on it. It's just mm -hmm. something wasn't right. You know what I mean? Something just didn't click. So I just quit. I just left. I left the office. And then funny thing, three months after that, they get raided by the feds and they get shut down. Mm -hmm. And the two owners actually uh, did some serious time, right, mm -hmm. for um, fraudulent activities. Thank God I left. So I went back to another, I, 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 um, I answered this ad on Craigslist. I don't know if you guys have that there yeah. um, about um, website, you know, again, mm -hmm. like Google advertising and stuff. I said, yeah, what the heck? I'll just do that again. So I went there, I, I worked there for a good, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half. And actually one of my own old employees, was working there, which is weird. And uh, I wasn't really the number one salesman anymore. I, I really didn't want to. Like, I just did what I had to do to just like survive. I never was that hungry again. Like I just, I dragged myself to work, <laughs> you know, like I did not like being there. I, um, I just, I just didn't like being in an office environment anymore. And I remember, I don't know if you've had this or not, but um, we have what, we call push one campaign. These are the people that call you and they say, push one. If you want to talk to a representative, mm -hmm. push two to be removed from the list. Um, so that's what we call a push one campaign. This was really hot a few years ago, like five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I was one of those guys that the computer would call out. And if they pushed one, you know, I would get a call. I would talk to the person. Right. Mm -hmm. So I remember, um, this is part of the story that I think very few people know. I, I've left this detail out, but I was, um, I remember it was one day I was sitting at my uh, cubicle and this call came in, picked up the phone. And the way it was set up is that you weren't supposed to give your name or your company's name right off the bat mm -hmm. in case they just really don't want anything, right? So I started talking to this old, older man and, you know, we hit it off, man. We hit it off. We were talking for a good, like, I don't know, 45 min minutes, you know, I got all his information and, you know, he sounded like he's ready to buy. And as soon as I asked for a credit card, he said, I got you a blank hole. I go, excuse me. He goes, I got you. And he started cussing me out, ripping me. 
And I said, whoa, whoa, calm down. What is wrong with you, you know? Um, and he just ripped me a new one. You know, you should be ashamed of yourself. And he just went all over the place. My mom, you know, your mom, your sister, and just, you know, just really nasty all of a sudden, right? I go, dude, what is wrong with you? And then he said, you've been calling my house for months and I've had nine to be removed from the list and I don't get removed. Now I got you where I want you. Now I'm going to, I know where you work. I know what company it is. I know your name. I know everything about you. You're such a loser. You should this, 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 this. And he just riffed me a new one, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, I remember saying one thing. I said, um, I said, hey, I have a question for you. And he said, yeah. I go, do you have kids? He goes, yeah, I have kids. I go, I feel sorry for those kids, man. I would not want my dad to be you. And I just hung up, mm -hmm. right? And I remember sitting there and uh, thinking, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> you know, maybe the guy is right. Like, I don't know, maybe I, because he told me, he goes, you should go get a real job, you know? You bother people. I, I never forget. You You should go get a real job, you loser. Um, and I'm like, it really hit me. I had what I call a Forrest Gump moment. Have you seen the movie? Of course. Forrest Gump? Okay. So there's a part in the movie that he gets up and starts to run. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> and he runs for like a year and a half, grows a beard and everybody following him, right? And then one day he stops right he stops and he turns around and everyone's like shh, shh, shh. he's gonna say something he's gonna say something and then he pauses he looks at everybody he goes i want to go home <laughs> you know and i just wanted to go home i had a forrest gump moment i just like i did not want to be there i got up i told my my manager i said listen houston i gotta go home he goes you okay i go no i'm not okay that's why i want to go home man he goes, are you coming back tomorrow? I said, well, I got bills to pay. So, yeah, I got to come back tomorrow. <laughs> but so, you know, I had to come back tomorrow. So this is the changing moments right here that day. Because all I could think about is what happened to those guys that got me into network marketing in that company. Whatever happened to Nate? Whatever happened to that kid? Right? Yeah. yeah. So all I could think about is, I wonder where Nate is. So I called them. I called them. And I remember I was in Irvine, California in OC. And I called them. I said, hey, he goes, man, I haven't heard from you forever. What is happening? Now, at the time he was, uh, because we lost everything. He was in a one-bedroom, low-income apartment with his wife and two-year-old, right, mm -hmm. um, girl, two-year-old girl. So I called him. and go, hey, Nate, what are you doing, man? I want to, like, uh, I want to see you. <clears throat> he goes, why? Are you in Vegas? In Las Vegas? I go, no. Why would I be in Las Vegas? I'm in Irvine. He goes, oh, yeah, man. We moved to Vegas. We got a 3,000 square foot house. We got a couple cars. I'm like, what? Wait, what happened? He goes, yeah, yeah, we moved. I go, oh, so you got back into loans and mortgages? Are you working for the bank or something? He goes, no, dude. I stuck it out with the company and you know, I, I made some money and, you know, I rank advanced and this, this, this. And I said, what? I remember hanging up the phone and feeling so down. I felt like crap. I don't think I've ever felt that low. I said, man, this kid goes and does this for like, you know, the four, four and a half years I was gone. And here I am getting cussed out by an old whatever guy on the phone. This is pretty pathetic. This is like sad. Like how the heck is it that I can even sell like an $80 package? And I did like thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans and mortgages. You know, I was so depressed. And 
he asked me, he goes, do you want back in? I said, you know what? I actually missed the product. So I do want to buy the product. So I just, I just want to get the product again. I, I don't know if I want to do this or not, but, um, so this was in, I think this was in, I want to say October ish, 2014. And then 2000, yeah, 2014. So in November, there's the guy in network marketing. He's a huge respect, uh, respected uh, trainer. Eric Worry. I don't know if you know who that is. Eric Worry. I do. So he's based in. Okay, so he's based in California and or in in um, U- U.S. and he does a network marketing training. He used to be in a company. He no longer builds. He actually just trains other network marketers, like a Tony Robbins in network marketing, that big, right? So he was having an event in Las Vegas called GoPro Mastery. It was the end of November, 2014. I never forget it. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to go to this event and, and figure it out. Like, how the heck is this kid? Like, got that and all these people that tell me they make all that money what is going on so um it was a four-day event so i got up there when there's eight thousand network marketers and 21 top earners in the world i mean you know like the big names jeff Roberti, all these people right and um i remember at the end of four days i was i, I felt like i was a high you know like i was like oh my god this is like another planet like these people exist you know Mm-hmm. And I was walking around and I ran into, this is another life-changing moment. I ran into um, a lady that I knew from the company I was with way back when, right? Mm-hmm. The first company I signed up for. Um, and she was one of the top 25 earners in the company. She was a really big deal, right? And she was at this event. And I ran into her. I go, hey. And then she goes, Sean, right? I go, what the? You remember me? <laughs> she saw like, yeah, yeah. I always ask Nate, what happened to that um, crazy guy, crazy Persian guy? <laughs> I go, really? She goes, yeah. I, I, I always told Nate that kid is gonna do really well in this profession, you know. And she asked me, what are you doing here? I said, oh, uh, truthfully, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I just came here to see like if. These people really exist, and if um, like I really want to do this, or if I can even do this, or I I, don't, I really don't know. I just came here to like check it out, and then she goes, "Well, I mean, what are you considering coming back and stuff?" I said, "Yeah, you know, I, I actually called Nate. I picked up some products from them, but um, I never really connected with my upline, upline, not Nate, but the other people, you know, upline." I never really like we never really connected and i don't know it's complete different styles and i you know i don't know if i can really connect and she said you know what if you need help i will help you here's my cell number and she gives me her cell number right and i remember that night saying to myself wow i have a multi-million dollar earners cell phone number like oh my god (laughs) that's freaking insane that's so cool so i said oh my god i was just like on cloud nine i i um i'm gonna come in home and i said you know what i'm gonna i'll i'll run with this thing maybe i should do this so a couple months down the road like now we're 2015 I called her up. I said, you know what? I want to do this. I want to run this. Let, let, let's go for it. And then I started to run with it. I started actually, I made more than $320 my first month. And I started to rank advance and rank advance. And eight months after that decision, the company that I was with, that was around for 23 years, got shut down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And now here I am again, but this time in a different field. And like my parents didn't talk to me for four months. Like, what are you doing? 
Like you left mortgages and banking to sell vitamins. Are you like crazy? <laughs> you know what I mean? First, you're not going to become a doctor or engineer or a lawyer. <laughs> now you're going to sell vitamins. And we told you this was bad. This was, uh, you know, a scam. These companies don't last. And ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it from everybody. Like, honestly, it just was, it was, it was hurtful. Um, really hurtful, really painful. And I really sat down and I decided, what the heck am I going to do? Like, do I go back in the corporate world or, you know, do I look for another company? So I called, you know, her up. We were obviously in touch all the time. I asked her what she's going to do. And she said, uh, well, I'm going to wait it out. This company's strong. They're going to come back up and blah, blah, blah. And I actually stayed for, we, all of us stayed for nine weeks. Um, but, and in the history of network marketing in the past 40 years, no company has ever been reopened after they got shut down. Mm -hmm. This company was the first one in 40 years that got reopened after mm -hmm. complete shutdown. They, they couldn't find anything fraudulent with the company. They just have to change a few things about pay structure and this and that. So just, so I actually learned so much through that nine weeks because I was really involved with the paper, with the courts. And I was always like listening in, reading every article or seeing, you know, I wanted to really learn what, what is happening. And, you know, she, she said, you know, I'm taking a look at 20 different companies, then said 10 companies then said four companies. We've narrowed it down to four. We have a, um, a um, pay structure specialist that we've flown into these four companies that they're going to look at these pay structures and let us know which one like, is probably the best one. And, um, you know, she picked the company that I'm with now, but I didn't join her right away. I, I took a couple of months and I really prayed about it, studied, you know, I just didn't, I was so butthurt because I was just starting to make money and mm -hmm. there went everything again, you know? Um, so, Finally, I, I had told her, I said, if, if I ever go to a company where she is, I want her to be my upline, obviously. Mm -hmm. I, you know, you helped me when you were like nowhere in my upline. And, you know, I definitely want your help when I, when I decide to go. So I decided to join this company. And that's where I am now. Great, great. And how long did she take to make her first $1,000? Herself? herself yeah so she's been in the industry for 23 years okay mm -hmm. she was um pre-law she was actually um her story is that she was eighty thousand in debt first year of law school mm -hmm. um, somebody got her to a meeting you know she was a waitress got her to a, a meeting saw the meeting halfway in the meeting she got up and left the guy who had invited her comes to the hallway and says where are you going she said, oh, you know what, this is one of those things I, I really don't want to do anything. This. this is not for me. And she always says, this statement changed my life. And the guy tells her, have you ever done anything like this at all? And uh, she says, no. And then he says, well, then how do you know it's not for you? And then she said, I guess I don't. And he goes, why don't you just give it a shot with me? So her, her first year, she made $110,000. Um, since then, she's never made less than six, um, six figures. In our company, though, I'll give you this. She has broken every single record in the company. Um, she reached the top of the pay plan in 45 days. Mm -hmm. um, she's been on the cover of Success Magazine, top 10 most powerful women in network marketing. She's a single mom of two kids. So I, to answer your question, how fast? I don't know, maybe like a couple of days. Mm -hmm. but, but that, that results, those results are not very typical. The results that I've had are more typical, $320 for a whole year and a half, you know. Mm -hmm. um, typically what? people don't make that much money. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. What qualities do you now have 
in network marketing that you have learned, which was different to how you tried it the last time that has enabled you to make it a full-time living? That's a good question. So um, it's not just in network marketing, it's in life, right? Mm -hmm. You can, you can um, try things or you can do things, right? You can, you can read books or you can actually get in and do it. You can be in the audience or you can be in the field, right? So what I've done this time so different than the last time is um, I've committed myself to the profession. What I mean by that is I um, learn about this profession. You know, every profession, no matter what it is, you could be a mechanic, a pizza owner, you could be in network marketing, you got good ones and you got those who suck somebody has a, a, a pizza shop that there's always a line out the door right and then there's a pizza shop that people don't go into to buy food right you can be a, a mechanic you can be a lawyer you can be a doctor you can be a network marketer it doesn't matter what profession you choose but if you choose it there's things you've got to learn about that now, when the first time I came in, I came in with this ego backpack. That's what I call it. I came in thinking, well, I've always done very well in sales. I've been you know, number one, top 10, this, this, this. I got this. I know how this works. I got in and I really didn't know how this works. I, I sucked. <laughs> you know, it's just a whole different world. Um, when you are a doctor, you continue education, right? Every year you learn new techniques, new systems, new technology, right? You attend seminars, you go to classes, you expand your knowledge and your expertise, you work on your craft, right? You can't expect to get in network marketing and not do the same thing, right? Most people, see, I always tell people this, if quitting was the answer to success, how many more people would be more successful? Right? If quitting was the answer to success, how many more people would be successful? If you quit on your stuttering, are you going to continue stuttering? Or are you going to stop stuttering? If you continue to work on your craft, that's when you get good. Now, there's things that each craft takes to get you good at, right? In network marketing, it's, a, it's beautiful because the personal de development you get from this profession alone will set you up for anything in life, right? The, the kind of a person that you change into right? Like I changed into a whole different individual person. I could never sell like I used to sell on the phone before because I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that slam dunk kind of guy anymore, right? So the personal development that it takes in this business. The second thing is, you know what? You got to, you, one thing I talk about with people all the time is that you've got to check your expectations. Right, because if you have expectations of any kind, you pretty much set yourself up for disappointment. How many times have you had expectations from yourself and then you fail yourself and you say, oh, I know what better than that. I should have not done that. I should have not said that. Right. So if you come in with this expectation, unrealistic expectation, then you're just setting yourself up for failure. You got to come in and you got to understand what it takes and then decide if you like to do what it takes.
right? Because, you know, the first step is like, okay, people will tell you, okay, this is what it takes. You got to do this. You got to talk to people. You got to do personal development. You got to read books. You got to become a, a better person. You got to care about people. This business is about this, this, this. They give you all the angles, right? You understand it. And then you got to do a self check. You got to see if you want to do that. It's like, it's like if, if you come and tell me, I, I come and, and tell you, Hey, you know what, Rama, I want to become a surgeon. Okay. And let's say you're a surgeon. You tell me, okay, well, this is the road you got to take. You got to go undergrad. Then you got to do four years and then you got to do four years and then you got to do a re residency. Then, then you do your specialty and then you become a surgeon. Right. Then what do I do? Then I decided if I want to go through that. I can't expect to go and just become a surgeon just because it's my first day at med school. Right? So people miss that path. They miss all that. We are all about instant gratification. Right? If I went through one speech therapy class, I'm not going to solve my stuttering problem. If I have one good conversation with one person, I'm not healed. <laughs> you know, it takes work all the time. I still like after all these years, there are times in this podcast that I stutter with you. So it's continuous, right? You constantly are working on yourself. And the beauty of the network marketing profession, in my opinion, is that it allows you, um, it brings out a whole different side of you, but it also allows you to grow into something else while you're actually earning. Now, it may not be thousands and thousands of dollars, but hey, if you can make 50 bucks here, $100 there, $90 there, 200 bucks there, Sometimes those small amounts can change somebody's life, really, when you think about it. Maybe it's a car payment. Maybe it's an electricity bill, right? So um, I guess this was a long answer to your question. But to ask your question, what I've changed to get to this point is that I've really committed myself to the profession, to learning about the profession and how I can work on my craft every day. Right. And that just doesn't happen in network marketing. It happens pretty much in all aspects of my life. You know, I work on it every single day. Amazing. Thank you for that, Sean. When did you notice that you have made a change in your speech compared to how it was when you were in the mortgage industry? Wow. Um, I think um, probably about a year into it, a year after my first year in mortgage, um, because I got to a point where my confidence really grew and um, I was indifferent about my stuttering. Does that make sense? I knew mm -hmm. I stuttered, but I didn't really care. <laughs> you know, I, um, I still went with it. I still made phone calls. I still showed up to work. I still did what I had to do, but it took me a good about, I would say about good, you know, 11, 12 months to get to that point though. I mean, yeah, probably maybe about 10, 11, 12 months, something like that. And which year was that in? This was probably 2000 and uh, let's say four-ish. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And how was your life outside the work? Were you able to date and did the stuttering stop you or did you just date anyway? Um, no, I, I never let that stop me from talking to, um, yeah, no, I dated, I dated. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever have had that, um, be an issue. Awesome, awesome. And did you ever try drama or singing to overcome <laughs> that, the that's funny. So I was, when I was in, like, I don't remember if I actually stuttered here. I, 
I think I did, I, maybe I was like second or third grade. I did a school play and it was just one school play. I don't remember the play, but I do remember I, I stuttered in that play, not as much, very low. Um, but no, I, I actually always kind of enjoyed acting and, you know, um, doing voices and stuff, but I never really pursued it. And, and trust me, you do not want me singing. <laughs> that is something you don't want. Okay, Sean, no worries. <laughs> How has interacting with people in network marketing over recent years helped you to grow your confidence uh, to do Facebook Lives and basically let go of the stuttering mentality, which a lot of people still have? Yeah. You know, I, I heard this from somebody else once and it really um, hit me hard and I connected with it. You know, I want to be, um, I want to be a voice for those who don't think they have one. And, um, and I really want to, um, my goal is to become one of the top guys in this profession, in the speaking, coaching, and I, I, I want to author a book like you i'm working on my first book so i i want to be a voice for those who feel like they don't i believe this is what i believe um i believe when i'll, I'll give you a little part of my um uh, sort of philosophy if you would i believe when you are born uh, whether you believe in god universe or uh, um, whatever you believe in but i believe in you're handed a notebook, a blank note, notebook that only God or you, 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 universe knows how many pages it has. Mm -hmm. Now, as you go through life, every single day, you fill the pages with your stories, mm -hmm. right? Things happen. You fill those pages as you go through. And when you die, you hand over your notebook, right? Now, some of those notebooks are not worth reading because there's nothing exciting enough. Nobody really did anything. But some of those notebooks, you want to read over and over and over again, right? I believe we... we we get a chance to create stories in our lives. You know, I shared majority of my story with you, right? Mm -hmm. And these stories are supposed to be shared because these stories are given to you to share it to maybe someday one person connects with that story and maybe gets a, a glimpse of hope. Right? For example, this, this whole stuttering thing you've started, which is amazing. And I congratulate you. Right? So you have people like me who have gone through where they couldn't even say one single word for seconds to now doing a podcast. So somebody can hear my story and maybe get inspired. Right? So that's kind of where I want to be. I want to be a voice for those who don't feel like they have one yet. Maybe they can relate to a part of my story and grab that and say, oh my God, this guy you know, lost his house. I can totally relate to that. This guy, you know, this job where he stuttered or, you know, he used to be left-handed, now he's right-handed, you know. And there may be a, um, a part of my story that can, you know, bring a little oomph into somebody else's life. And that's what I hope for. Great. Thank you. Amazing. Looking at yourself now, Sean, what would you have told your younger self when you were like 14? What would you have told yourself? Wow. Um, then I'm not going to stay a nerd for probably ever. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, um, 
I told my younger self? That's a good question. I would say, you know what? Things are not always going to end where they are. You know, it what it what it what um, at fourteen it wasn't gonna that was not gonna be my last chapter, if you would, my last story. And I would tell myself, you know what? One day you're gonna change lives, and you just have to go through changing your own life first in order to do that. Amazing, amazing. Finally. What advice would you give to someone who is struggling with their speech? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I think it's three stages. It's awareness, acceptance, and forgiveness. We all have the first one. We all know we stutter. We're aware of this stuttering, right? The two and three, some of us, maybe most of us, don't have. We don't sometimes accept it because we hate it, right? We don't accept that, you know what, this is something we got to work with, not against, right? And um, I would say, you know what, accept it, embrace it, because that's what makes you, you, right? Um if you didn't stutter, then you kind of wouldn't be you, right? So, um, and you stutter for a reason. I believe that really. I believe I stutter for a reason. I, I, I'm here to um, be a messenger, if you would. So I would say accept it and embrace it and work with it and don't fight it. Um, don't hide it, right? And the last thing is forgiveness. A lot of us don't forgive ourselves for stuttering, right? And that's where why that's why we don't progress. That's why we don't move forward. And forgiveness is all all across. If if you're aware of your stuttering and you accept it, you embrace it, you're not ashamed by it, you're not embarrassed by it. Um, then you can actually get to a stage where it's forgiveness. And if you go through these three stages, then you can really, really see the change because now it's not a burden. You know what I mean? It's not a heavy backpack on you. You know, I, when I decided to do Facebook lives, like you said, I, I decided to go live every single day from January 1st of this year. I've had some days where I can get a word out. I mean, you, you, you can see some of my lives I'm, and I'm struggling to get a word out, but I show up the next day and I even pick a subject that's maybe more involved. I got to say more words, right? Because I'm aware of it. I accept it. I forgive myself and this is what it is. And I'm just going to go with it. Amazing. Great. Thank you. Uh, well, one last thing which popped into my brain. Mm -hmm. In the last Facebook Live that I saw, you talked about yeah. habits that are holding you back. Yeah. Could you share some of the habits in your life that held you back from, quote-unquote, overcoming stuttering? What habits did you have which weren't conducive to speaking with confidence and eloquence yeah um i think one of the things that i was always afraid of is how people would judge me or think of me right um so the habit would be um you know maybe i should talk less or talk not as much in front of people that i'm not very comfortable with or i feel like they're uh, above me or superior than me um and you know i would just kind of eat it and not be as as open about it right um i would hide it more i would um not um work with it i would be i i really was ashamed of it at, at some good part of my life because i just didn't 
know how people are going to react. I mean, I, the one thing that bothers me a lot, I don't know, maybe some people relate to this, is when I would, when they would ask me my name and I would, you know, stutter saying my own name. And if I had a friend or family member or somebody close to me that was standing next to me, they would give them my name. Mm. And it, it would just kill me. And that would be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk as much, you know. Maybe I should just not say as much and just be quiet, you know. So that habit of just kind of eating it and kind of just keeping it more inside and not really, you know, like I said, accepting it and forgiving myself and being aware of it. I think that that was probably one of the major ones that really held me back for a long time because I was really ashamed of it because I think it was more, I felt like other people are ashamed of being with somebody like me around others that don't stutter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I thought it's not maybe me, but this guy that is with me, he's my friend. He may feel weird that he's with me because I stutter and like with other people, you know? So that's kind of, that's what really would like hold me back a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. And now that you met other people who stuttered, how has your speech been with them? Do you find you're more, more eloquent? I, um, I think so. I'm more um, at ease, right? I'm more comfortable. And, and you know what? I, I have my days. I, I'm going to be truthful. I have my, my days that uh, I feel like I can't get a word out. And, uh, um, but most of the days I just don't really think about it as much as I used to. I just go with the flow. And if somebody doesn't care for it, then, oh, well, <laughs> you know, that's just who I am now. And, uh, you know, I always say people have, everybody has a choice, right? Everybody has a choice to make their own decisions. I stutter the other individual, the other person across from me has a choice to make it the, the decision, right? But I also have a choice to either connect with that person or disconnect with that person, right? So if I see somebody is not helping me with my anything or it's not um, pushing me or cheering me on, I don't have to uh, associate with that person person as much right mm -hmm. so sometimes you got to be aware of who you have around you as well you know sometimes the family member you really can't like completely cut them off but you can kind of you know calm it down a little bit and and be more careful but right now i you know what um i talk if people choose to pay attention they pay attention otherwise i just talk to myself <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, have you ever tried stuttering on purpose? I have, and it's um, it's interesting because when you want to stutter on purpose, I've I've noticed that I don't stutter as much, but I do still stutter a little bit. But I notice that I don't actually stutter as much. But there are times that I want to stutter on purpose, but my mind keeps um arguing with me <laughs> you know so no you don't you're trying to to fix this thing you don't want to stutter on purpose so i almost have this like fight in, inside of me sometimes but i do have i have tried to stutter on purpose yeah do you have a last message that you could share to our listeners there there's a lot of folks that are going to pay um, or li listen into this podcast and <clears throat> I don't know where you are in your life right I don't know if you are in the very start that you are noticing that you're really stuttering or you're like have gone through some stages of speech therapy or pathology or this and that and you haven't gotten any results or you've completely just said you know what the heck with this I'm gonna stutter for the rest of my life I don't know where you are in your life. 
But what I can tell you is this. <clears throat> you don't have to be here, right? You can definitely make changes, gradual changes, but consistent, right? And you can definitely, definitely, let's say you, even if you don't overcome it 100% per, per where some people like yourself has overcome it 100%, right? Let's say, but if you don't give, if you don't keep going and keep trying and keep working at it every day, if you think by hiding it and by giving up, you're going to get any better, you're probably not right, right? Like I said, if quitting was the answer to success in anything, how many more successful people would we have, right? So I encourage you to not give up. This is, this is something that, hey, this is something you can work on all the time, right? And imagine the improvements that you make and the impact you can have about, uh, on other people. So I encourage you to keep working at it. Talk to people, talk to people, talk to people and work on your speech, and, and um, be open-minded to improve. Amazing interview. Thank you so much for your time. Sean, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, my man. I really appreciate this. This was an honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I hope you found it really helpful. You may also like the backlist episodes and show notes at fluttering forward slash podcast. You can also get the seven steps to expressing yourself free guide at fluttering forward slash free guide. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. You can connect with me on all social media platforms I'm looking for touching mine. Thank you again and look forward to connecting with you.